lots of people aren't social and they're great people. And lots of people are really understanding of how to be in a crowd and they're the worst people ever. And, and their ability to be polite and be in a crowd and charm people is what makes them so fucking dangerous. Forgotten Corner Podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show and would like to support further, please consider a donation through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash ForgottenCornerPod, or visit our website, ForgottenCornerPod.com. Welcome back to the Forgotten Corner Podcast. We acknowledge that the Forgotten Corner occupies unceded Indigenous land. We acknowledge that the Blackfoot Confederacy never surrendered its land in the signing of Treaty 7, but agreed to share it. The Forgotten Corner sits on Treaty 7 and Treaty 4 territory, traditional lands of the Siksika, Kainai, Pekani, Stony Nakoda, and Sutina, as well as the Cree, Sioux, and the Soto bands of the Ojibwa peoples. We also honor and acknowledge that we are on the Métis Nation within Region 3, the Forgotten Corner is a proud member of the Harbinger Media Network, and if you'd like to check out other progressive podcasts like this one, you can do so, and uh, you can pick ones such as Jeremy Go, The Progress Report. Heard of it. Darts and Letters. I uh, did that last week. It must be good. And uh, Habib T, please. Ah, uh, there's a good one. All right. I like your choices. Good job. My name is Scott Schmidt. I am here alongside co-host who you've now heard, Jeremy Appel. Um, Mr. Carlos, how's it going? So you have no vehicle. So what's going on? Like the Mo made the joke the other day that the forgotten corner Mo Cranker, by the way, producer and editor, who's not here this morning. He doesn't like to come when it's just us. Yeah, he's never here. No, he he we asked to fire listen. him. He's like a <laughs> hundred episodes in, and he was like, you know listening to you guys for an hour and then listening to you guys for an hour seems like a fucking dumb plan yeah i mean that's fair enough but uh also mo if you're listening you are fired that's right yeah that's well you can stop listening now whoa 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 if we fire mo one of us has to do this shit and uh that's pretty much the end of the forgotten corner so like he's the he's the least known person in this show, and he is absolutely the most important piece. It's not even close. Like if he quits, the show's over. If I quit, replaceable. If you quit, replaceable. Yeah. Anyway, um, we'll just it could just be Roberta and Mo for the rest of time. Uh, I would I would listen to that. But anyway, the point was is he made a joke that we are going to be the first car free podcast, all for different reasons. Mo's going uh, car free for the summer. His, as per the market, the dealer offered him a zillion dollars for a car he paid less than for. So oh, he's wow. selling that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's selling that back. Um, mine was uh, just driving along, taking my sister by. I'd just gone to the uh, college. My sister and I were going to see uh, Brent Smith, my brother in law, though he'd been on the show before, uh, mm-hmm. talk about, very much about a lot of the environmental things that he talked about on our show and uh, it was really great presentation at the college five days but on the fourth day i was driving her back to work and i was coming down the southeast hill right by fifth avenue memorial church there and a cube van just decided not to stop at a stop sign and uh smashed me 
And uh, the goddamn insurance company uh, wants to write my car off, even though I'm literally, which we could get into a long story about it, but I'm driving it, like driving around in this uh, possible write-off. And uh, like, I think there's a day where we need to find some expert in how this all works because I think that's a really good like thing to get into is just the cost of uh, vehicles these days. Like just the little headlight alone, like the headlight unit is like 2,200 bucks or something. And like from the start to the, I know I'm rambling here, but start to finish of how cars or vehicles work uh, and the cost behind it and the insurance costs behind it. And the fact that like, if you fucking get like, I mean, I stopped in time to not make it super big damage no airbags came off it's just basically like super like the surface shit right like the outside stuff and they're like if if they open up the trunk if they if they get inside it and find one more thing broken that needs fixing they're gonna write the car off and it's got 117,000 kilometers on it it has like, run, right like it has years and years and years and years left being a vehicle to me of which i only owe like another year's worth of payments on and it gets extremely good gas mileage because of the fact that i was lucky enough to find a used hybrid and these kinds of things right so it's a very hard car to re to replace just like give me money and i go buy another one that doesn't that's not a possibility for me right so somewhere along the line, like this whole system is like a fucking joke because like some guy jumps a cube van and I could be out like a shit ton of money or some some cube van jumps a fucking stop sign. I mean, and I could be out a bunch of money. And I just think that like um, if anybody's listening that knows how the hell I can protect myself in this other than the fact that other than bend over and take it, because that's kind of how I feel about this whole thing. Um, let me know. But uh anyways vehicles are stupid anyways and you're without a car too so tell me <laughs> that story uh well basically i was on my way to meet my partner in edmonton and uh just south of red deer middle of nowhere uh my engine dies and uh i have to pull over obviously and uh the, the battery was still working, so I was still warm for a bit, but I uh, need to get a tow, obviously, and uh, back to Calgary. And uh, so I waited, like, at the side of the road while, like, massive trucks were just passing by, blowing past me. <laughs> Yeah, which was pretty scary. That fucking highway um, sucks, too. I don't care what anyone and, says. And so, it. so, but, but I was told that I had to get someone to pick me up because due to COVID, I can't be in the in, in, the, the, in the cab with the AMA guy. Yeah. So <laughs> I got my friend Elaine to drive like, uh, you know, an hour and a bit to uh, pick me up off the side of the highway, which she uh, graciously did. Like if you're if you're dead center between Edmonton and Calgary, it's like doesn't matter which city you poach a friend from to come pick you up. They have to drive the farthest possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah and, and then uh basically the battery died like after you know half an hour of just like idling and then it was just like oh shit 
that's why people uh leave blankets in their cars well what was the weather like when what time of day was this because it's like this was at night this was like i don't know like 7 or 8 p.m so it was chilly yeah it was how long ago was it sorry i'm asking this was like three weeks ago oh okay so it was still like march so it was like not entirely it was a it was a cold march yeah uh, yeah evening though and everything's uh, cold in march north of calgary look yeah and so i anyways the the tow truck driver actually arrived like a, slightly before my friend did and he was like oh you're here i thought you were just like leaving your keys in the car and going i was oh so they were like totally like stories were crossed instructions were not like so you didn't really need to sit in your car and like a sitting duck waiting to die yeah well i need someone to pick me up but he was like i i would have drove you to into town or something well you know yeah like like, i mean you're not gonna fucking leave a guy although exactly although uh, we're gonna get off topic but there's a guy in town here that came to the news looking to get uh us to take the rcmp down because they wouldn't go get him in a storm like a snowstorm a, like a winter storm um but he had driven pat like he had he wasn't supposed to be where he was right like the right. rcmp were kind of like well you made your bed fuck go wait it out kind of thing like the, we're not gonna send someone out there anyways he he was really goddamn upset that so i mean if you choose to go out there in those silly times i guess you kind of have to wait a little bit but they're not gonna like a ama guy is not gonna just leave you on the side of the road to get smoked by a fucking semi but like literally how isn't that how the that mla died which wasn't he wasn't he helping somebody on the number two which who i think this may be before my time we need mo to look shit up the pc guy that was killed um Come on, Mo. Or we're gonna, he's gonna have, we're just looking this up. Yeah, this is why Mo needs to be here. Yeah, it's, he's got to look shit up for us. Man Meat Buller. What year was this? 2015. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was living in Ontario. Oh, you weren't here yet? No. Okay. Well, he, he, uh, he was killed by an out of control semi trailer. And he had gotten out of his car to help another person who was in your situation. Damn. Yeah, like it's a fucking shitty highway, and I don't ever have to take it. So it is a shitty highway. It is, man. It's too like I don't care. Like I mean, you can say like, oh, don't be a pussy. Like I'll drive it. Like I'm not a child, but like if you don't have to, why would you? It's crazy busy at all times. It's the worst highway to like get stuck on. Very poorly lit. When Truman and I went up to see the Canada Mexico Mexico game in November, we just drove by like all we the whole from Red Deer to Edmonton. It was just driving past people in the ditch, semis that were jackknifed. Yeah. Any storm is just like 
lethal yeah. on that highway like no way no and so from yeah, the hat i can just go up like through drum heller skip all that shit the the three the is dinos. the worst what's that medicine and lethbridge the three is yes is the worst yeah it's because it's single lane so it's like yeah. who's gonna die from which community this year right like that's yeah. just how it happens i worked with a woman whose husband was a alberta sheriff she was the manager mm -hmm. of the warehouse at canadian tire and they had their son with them and uh, a young girl in a storm in the winter 18 years old um she whether i i don't want to say that she was distracted because i can't remember for sure i feel like it was uh it came out that she was like on her cell phone but i don't want to like stamp on her grave so maybe she just something happened but she came over the center line and they hit and she died um the husband died the sheriff died and then the um kim and her son were both just i mean messed up for life right like physically years of recovery I, I see her now walking her dog and she's still like she's she'll limp forever these kinds of things and it's just oh it's just so fucking sad and it's like uh because money we can't twin this highway or whatever it's like the it's like the busiest highway it, outside of bc that's not twinned it's fucking yeah. dumb but but anyways um i've been uh biking and taking transit everywhere um and i you know it's it's actually made me a lot more punctual um because you I gotta know, leave super early to get there yeah i have to leave early <laughs> and time out and anything whereas uh when i had a car it was just like all right yeah i'll you know it'll, it'll take me like you know 10 15 minutes to get there and then it's like 20 minutes later you know but um that's good, that's, good. that's what most but, doing. yeah i mean I, I i may uh my parents are uh considering uh getting a new car and they may uh ship me their uh old one so that'll be pretty sweet. that's really awesome yeah, i would ride my is, bike to work i'm very fortunate if i got to the bottom of shulton hill i'd have to hitchhike to the top like i'm not fucking riding a bike yeah. up that thing like i you should get an e-bike they're everywhere here too like yeah, they've like exploded in popularity. Is an e-bike got the power to just rip me up Shulton Hill without me having to do anything? Uh I don't I mean you may have to pedal a bit, but I'm pretty definitely... like I'm 210 pounds here, fattening up by the day. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, I mean it it I think that's the main appeal of it. It helps you get up hills because I mean same thing in Calgary, right? Like if I want to go to like crescent heights or something where a lot yeah. of my friends live massive hill to uh climb but um, um so this is my fault that we got stuck on vehicles for so long but i wanted to uh what else did we decide we want to talk about today i know we want to get to cpc leadership i want to ask you about your experiences so far because aside from catching covid from jean charet um you're we're talking uh, about cpc the communist party of canada right I mean, we can talk about the Communist Party of Canada. In fact, I guarantee you we have a better shot of getting the leader of the CPC than we do getting the leader of the CPC. 
<laughs> oh, we could definitely get leader of the communist party. Like, like next week. I'm pretty um, sure we get to. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we could do. Although I, I, I doubt we're getting. Um, I doubt we're getting Pierre. Hey, so it, like, let's talk. Let's just talk about it right now because it's. Uh, yeah. So, because you've gone to see Sheree, you've now gone to see Leslie Lewis, and next week you're going to get to see Pierre. Um, he's coming on I, Tuesday to Calgary. He's in the hat on Monday. So that's oh, is it Tuesdays in Calgary? That's I what thought... I uh, believe is true. Yes, I think. Okay, he's in, well, that's not was... Monday. And and he's got some meet and greet in the evening, and then he's in Calgary on Tuesday, which that obviously makes yeah. Sense. But, but anyways, he's not he's like the only leadership candidate that's coming to Medicine Hat. So I mean, well, yeah, not that and I'm so, like saying he's awesome for that. But so I went to the Charay event. I got COVID uh, from Charay. Um, Piece of shit. Yeah, I know. But anyways, what what was interesting at the at the Charay event is there were probably like 50 people there. I saw some, I think CP reported that there were 100. No way. It was like no more than 70 people. But right. I, my my guesstimate in, was about 50. And did you ever have to, before I let you go on, did you ever have to do that in, in uh, school? Did they ever make you estimate crowds? No, but they probably we had to do that to like not like tons, but they had us do that a little bit to like see if we could fucking get close. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was also hard with the Shari event because it was like a meet and greet and like a campaign rally, so people were like, it was at uh, it was at uh, Wild Rose Brewery, um, in uh, southern Calgary, and um, people were standing and like mingling and stuff, so it was kind of hard to keep count but i would say there was a lot of media there right like everyone was there the globe had someone well john sure right and it was like yeah. right after he had announced right well it was also of national significance because it was his campaign kickoff right oh it right he was announcing right? that's right like it was like yeah. the it was the send-off yeah yeah so like uh uh the globe global was there cbc um uh the herald uh myself uh jen gerson was there um is that when you met her i did meet her yeah um uh some smug she was actually quite charming and nice um yeah but uh i mean nobody nobody's their twitter self in real life so yeah i but i i kind of grilled her about the line like why does it need to exist and stuff and i don't did you really well i was just like what is it offer that your career need to exist no well i was like what is it offer that national post doesn't right it's her and matt it's run by her and matt gurney i know it's Um, i i I I literally never visit she she's not involved with national post anymore but i mean matt gurney writes for them all the time even though he was their opinion editor which apparently uh consists of like copying pasting um racist columns onto the page and not editing them in the slightest um but um yeah anyways i met gerson um and uh yeah, so there's, but anyways, ton of media there. All the fucking clowns from like Rebel News and like Kim Bexty were there and the Western Standard. Like it was, I would say, like at least a third of the people there were media. 
Right. And so and I think that says a lot about Shari's campaign. And I like I don't think he stands a chance in hell. It's astroturfed. Like he he represents this like respectable, like moderate conservative that exists mostly in the media. Right. I was gonna say, like, so who are we talking about this? Okay, yeah. Right. It's like the Globe and Mail like opinion page is he is represents what... what the media thinks the PC party was when Mulrooney was around. Right. Well, I mean Shrey was leader of the PC party in the 90s, right? After right. you or sorry, before he was Quebec Premier. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, because he was Quebec Premier in like the aughts. I remember that. Everyone hated him. Um, everyone I know hated him for what it's worth uh, who lived in Quebec but um which is a small sample yeah um but um yeah and, and you could tell that like he like last time around with Peter McKay he's trying to at the one hand uh promote himself as this moderate like middle of the road type of guy um but on the other hand he's trying to lead a party that has you know completely completely abandoned that well, no so, time for that whatsoever yeah yeah so in, in you could tell i mean in his speech he talked about like obsessive identity politics which was really funny mm-hmm. and um you know how alberta is being persecuted and we need to increase the military wait wait, wait 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 is that i is alberta playing identity politics no 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 no, no that's that's like for trans people and like no i know i'm just asking like you know alberta's persecuted oppressed you know because it's alberta you know just simply for being alberta but um so i mean i last poll i saw he was at 18 percent, and uh pure polyamory uh was (laughs) at like 66 percent, right like so he's gonna win Although they yeah. have funny ways of, uh, if you're, like I doubt our listeners don't know, but uh, backdoors is a funny a way for, like, it. Uh, the way there was votes work at the leadership level, um, second and third place people can squeeze in because of uh, the way the whole vote works, because people, like, that's how Redford got in, Stelmac got into the, right? Like, they slide in because... I think probably well, that's yeah. how Sheer got O'Toole. in. I think well, Sheer yeah, got that, in that way. Yeah, and O'Toole. And O'Toole. Well, there you right. go, right? So it's the front runner doesn't always take it because um, I'm the worst guy to explain it, but the, the way the vote splits in the first ballot and then the second ballot, the second place person picks up all the losers or whatever and wins well yeah it's so it's a ranked ballot right which is yeah. funny because the conservatives are so against ranked ballots like in general elections right um which uh, you know I, I have problems with but would be an improvement over um the status quo um but yeah and it was leslin lewis actually who who uh pushed o'toole ahead of mckay because he was right. like yeah social conservatives should vote for me um and and i mean that was a perfect example too of these supposed like red tories right mckay and o'toole 
um, just sort of completely abandoning that because there, there's no uh, there's no market for that in the conservative party of of today, right? And um, anyways, so Sheree's campaign, it's total bandy campaign. Like I asked him um, during the scrum after uh, why, like if he thinks there's like uh, the, the same constituency that made him leader of PCs and named leader of the Quebec liberals, which are, who are fairly conservative. Sure. Uh, like BC uh, liberals. Yeah. Not as bad as BC liberals, but cause it's weird in Quebec because like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's weird in Quebec because the lines aren't so much like left and right. It's right. like sovereigntist, um, right. federalist, but um and he was just like, uh, yeah, they will. And, uh, you know, people like the, you know, the block will remember me and the, the, they're going to be, uh, we need to bring Quebec in. And, um, you know, now they'll, they'll remember my name or something that was like, damn, this is like total, total nostalgia candidacy. Like this guy doesn't have a chance. Um, big Jeb Bush vibes, very low energy candidate. You're right. Uh, yeah. In in the um, kind of there because people were like, you should run. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and also uh Patrick, like I I in you know, I predictions are, are Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown. Yes, I think he like I think he's better positioned to get that more like middle of the road conservative vote, but um is he middle again, of the road? I guess he is. Yeah, yeah, he to... is. I mean, he's he he's helping, uh, right? He like helped. Brampton is assisting in the legal challenge against uh, Quebec's Bill Twenty One, which Calgary was originally going to do, but then the city was like, "Yeah, we shouldn't give money. We should find other ways to do it." But I think Brampton is actually contributing money, which makes sense because there are a lot of uh, racialized people in Brampton. Uh, you know, a lot of people with hijabs. Yeah, yeah. Um. Most of the Canadian men's national soccer team is from Brampton, crying out loud. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, when he was leader of the Ontario PCs before he like got me to, um, he, um, you know, he ran as like the sort of like true blue conservative, actually, ironically. And then <laughs> once he came to power, he was like, all right. And, 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 all right, we like we've got to have some form of carbon tax, like can be revenue neutral, revenue neutral, but right. we need to put a price on carbon because climate is real. And uh, you know, obviously, to become mayor of Brampton, he became mayor of Brampton because he was very good at uh, reaching out to um, you know immigrant communities. Um, he's actually good friends with uh, Indian Prime Minister and uh, anti-Muslim freak uh, Narendra Modi. Um, really, it's a weird yeah. relationship to just have. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty random, but um, that um, and that hasn't been scrutinized very much at all. But, but okay, um, well. Uh just in the, in the sense of time i really want you to talk tell me about the leslin lewis experience yeah yeah, yeah. because i but think it, that's it, the one that's the yeah yeah so that's I, the fun I, one yeah i i would think that patrick brown would have gained more momentum than jean Shray. like jean Shray at 18 percent. i think that's his ceiling can't go yeah. higher than that yeah 
I mean, right, Brown's there young. immediately starts there because of name only. Good job. Anyway, so I, I went to the Lewis event. Yeah. Didn't count. So I, I saw a video events. or photographic evidence of you uh, meeting yeah, yeah, yeah. Leslie and Lewis. That's so right. I know um, what happened. Yeah. And so, so basically she had two events in Calgary, right? So Lewis is like a social conservative freak, right? Like she is like hardcore Christian. Um, she wants to, uh, obviously she doesn't say she wants to criminalize abortion, but she wants to place like restrictions around it and ban uh, funding for it abroad. Um, and obviously that's, you know, a step toward something, but um, so her first event in Calgary was at this charismatic Christian church, so like hardcore evangelical, um, which I wanted to go to. That was the one I really wanted to go to to see what she would tell that audience. But um, I realized the day before it was on the like outskirts of Calgary, right? Which is I am pro life, of- and that's why we will murder anyone that has an abortion. Yeah, that's right. That's probably what she said. Less yeah, than Lewis, sure, probably. Exactly. Direct quote. That's right. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, I, I mean because right, like because <laughs> obviously come right, like mega the mega church obviously is gonna be on the outskirts of town because they're gonna be like a Jew is here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um so I didn't go to that event, but I saw on social, it looked packed. Like people were there, were like pumped for her. Um, I love how, but yeah. so, and then, so the, the second night was an event for a more like general conservative audience at a holiday in on uh, Blackfoot trail. Right. And uh, that all, that event was way better attended than the Shrey event. Um, I would guess there were 120 people there. Um, Did you ride your bike? No, no. I got, I hitched a ride with friend of the show, uh, Chris Brown of uh, Oh, yeah. 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 Me and him. It, but, but anyways, so way bigger attendance than the Shrey event. Um, but the only media there were myself were Chris and um, some shithead from uh, Rebel News. I mean, Rebel, she's like yeah. their candidate, right? Um, like her and Pierre, essentially. And um, so before the, the, the talk, I sort of went around, tried to interview some people. Uh, one, one woman, uh, well, I asked a woman and a husband, and her husband was just like, no, I don't want to talk to media. And then his wife was like, well, I, I would talk to you, but you're wearing a mask. That's um, unhealthy for... Yeah, yeah. And she said it's unhealthy because you breathe in carbon dioxide from the mask, and it, it's funny. Um, but is it unhealthy for her if you wear a mask? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, but these people generally don't care about carbon emissions, so it's what? Come on, when they do. But that, and but that was like funny. And then I spoke to some other people outside um, who were saying like, "Yeah, um, she's pro life. That's why I support her." And I was like, "Oh, you think abortion should be illegal?" And they're like, "Well, no, we just think." the government shouldn't fund murder 
And it's like, well, if it's murder, shouldn't it be illegal? And they're like, well, not now. Right. Well, so before, so I want to read something to you that you wrote because this way our listeners can get a good. So you can explain who this guy is because this is who you're talking about here. But this is from your the orchard. Um, I'm going to read so non-subscribers are getting a sneak peek of your shit for free. So I apologize. Yeah, subscribe. That's uh, right. Well, it, it, it's a free. It, it was. Like, I know. No on it. Good grief. Okay. I I don't put paywalls on my original reporting. Yeah, no, I, yeah, absolutely. Okay, are you ready? All right, all right. So Russell Harrison, you know, this is who you're gonna tell me about after. So he's he was really nice, like he's I, very polite. He sounds like a piece of shit. So let's. I don't. I don't really want to know. <laughs> like he didn't hesitate he to talk to me. Yeah, no, he anyways. sounds. He sounds like a fucking great guy. I'm sure everybody when they hear this quote are gonna think, "Wow, what a nice guy." Anyway, so shut up for a second. Okay, Russell Harrison, an evangelical who supported. An evangelical who supported Lewis when she placed third in the 2020 conservative leadership race said with so many candidates entering the race, he's unsure whether Lewis will be his first pick on the rank ballot this time around. But one issue that doesn't give him pause is her anti-abortion position. Quote from Russell Harrison, I don't think we have the right to end a life because we were careless. We should live up to our responsibilities in our activities. Yes, of course. Like you dump in a girl and you get to fucking go off and be yourself anyways. Uh, <laughs> quote continues. This is where it just, I want to fucking yeah. beat this guy senseless. Anyways, yes, I know there are rapes and incestuous conceptions, but I believe that God can make good out of every circumstance, said Harrison. Now, can you go back in time and tell me why the first fucking tidbit about this guy you told me was that he's nice. He is a deplorable jackass of a human being who, if he got hit by a truck tomorrow, I would fucking laugh. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said nice. What I meant was like polite and mild mannered. Well, this is the thing. This is, we've talked about this before. Nice means fucking nothing. You can be nice and be a piece of shit and you can oh, be for kind sure. of a standoffish I, no, I prick and be a good person. You know, I, no, like hundred percent, right? But... Like lots of people aren't social and they're great people. And lots of people are really understanding of how to be in a crowd. And they're the worst people ever is almost and, and their ability to be polite and be in a crowd and charm people is what makes them so fucking dangerous. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Tell me about this guy because I would have fucking not been able to be professional. But yeah, I mean, this guy is just some yokel, like, but um, yeah, he was like, well, I'm a devout Christian. And uh, he actually told me it wasn't in the piece, but that he was born into the United Church, but he didn't think that they were um, uh, shitty enough. Yeah, they were Way that, too just well, blah for them. That's well, what I he, did with he, United he was saying Church. That- that their their teachings uh were in uh in line enough with the bible and um yeah they didn't talk about the horrible hateful shit they didn't tell you yeah 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 they sort of glossed high over so he became an evangelical um but so radicalized by the united church love it but yeah i mean he said right like my tax dollar shouldn't go to abortion and it's like okay murder you mean he said, yeah, murder. He said, murder. Go to murder. It's murder. So and it's you like, well, said, it's... Should, shouldn't that be illegal then? And he said no. to you, that's a question for another day. Right. What, what he meant was, well, I mean, 
obviously he was dodging it and he was like, oh, whoops, I got to go. You said a minute. And um, so I was talking to this lady and she said that, uh, again, Lewis is pro-life and I agree with that. And I was like, okay, well, what do you think the consequences for having an abortion are? Right away, her husband jumps in. And he, this guy was more bananas than the guy you just read because he was just saying, um, um, you know, we, we have to live under a kingdom of God, uh, like just straight up theocratic, like, uh, like bullshit. Um, so, so a, 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 a reporter asked this man's wife, yeah, a question about something that only women should even be asked about like this is like not a thing that men should be chiming in on anyways right and this guy not only has this opinion but he dominatingly jumped over his wife to answer her question right like he oh and this guy wanted to like i could tell this guy was like fuming like he wanted like he wanted to punch me in the face um and um oh, he sounds like a really respectful guy he obviously respects his wife's ability to answer her own questions <laughs> right but, but anyways when Ugh. you get to the 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 so basically she gives her speech she was introduced by uh craig chandler who's like this perennial oh you know who that guy is yes nah. um lurch looking motherfucker nobody um, should know that guy yeah but anyways um he yeah he gave an intro um and then she um spoke and she, you know she's a lewis's good orator like forget about the shit she says like she was like fiery and passionate and, and you know it was mostly the usual like conservative grievances like cancel culture and well she's no sorry identity politics and Who do you think the, would win in a wrestling match between craig chandler and jason nixon I don't know, but uh, I would love to see them. Who do you think would win a hot dog eating contest? (laughs) They're big Um, dudes, man. Those are big boys. Yeah, Chandler. I think Chandler would win the hot dog eating contest. They are fucking sizable dudes. Chandler is like John Taft from Bar Rescue. So Lewis gave her speech. It was the usual, like, conservative grievances, like, uh, you know, identity politics and the liberal media won't uh, present our side of the story. And uh, we need to get rid of the carbon tax and build more pipelines. Alberta's being persecuted, blah, blah, blah. And then she starts talking about education. And this was very like dog whistly because she's saying that our kids are being indoctrinated with the dominant ideology. She doesn't say what that ideology is, but we know it's LGBT. Basically, the, whoever's in power gets to bestow their ideology onto the kids and that if she was in control, that would just not happen. Kind of like right. Kenny. Right. Yeah. And, and well, exactly. Like, like I, I mean, essentially that's what she was advocating. And she was like, look, this isn't federal jurisdiction, but I think that the federal government needs to play a role here. And I mean, I, um, you know, I think that uh, forget about the substance of what she's saying. I do think that's true that the federal government shouldn't be afraid to like step on uh, provincial jurisdiction. 
insofar as they're actually um, providing something that benefits all Canadians and not this. Well, yeah, like, this is the provincial thing. You mean pharmacare. Like, yeah, exactly. Pharmacare. And <laughs> oh no, jurisdiction. Then you can't. Well, now no, yeah. now jurisdiction's not an issue. Trudeau has his hands are tied. Trudeau man. Dis- yeah, well, suddenly that's not an issue. What? Because Trudeau has decided. Come on, this. Jeremy. It was, it's... but, but um, anyway. So she's talking about uh, education and how religious people are being persecuted, and uh, parents have a right to teach their kids whatever they want. Which uh, you know, you think about that for two seconds. Every child like, should be homeschooled with whatever the parent wants to teach them. And yeah, and the government clearly will have good. like a really intelligent society that continues to innovate and progress from that. Um, yeah, and but anyways, uh, you know, she talked about the trucker convoy and how it was amazing and how they're just convoy. Means... We don't yeah, say sorry. <laughs> There's fucking six truckers the total. T-word. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but that she actually talked to them and listen, and I'm sure they loved being spoken to by uh uh, you know, a person of her. Holy, uh, did you not see this black woman fuck is on our side? Like, you guys yeah. think we're pieces. That's racist? true. They actually Come loved on. it too because they're like, Come how can you racist? Black woman black... and I are like totally yeah. on the same page. And I think that's a, you know, part of the reason that um, I think she's going to do well. Like, I think that she is going to surge to second place. Like, I don't think Sherry's going to be a factor, I think, because, you know, political developments in Canada always followed the US by like six years or so, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to pull the ever and Lewis is going to be like trumping. Pull the lever. Yeah. Pull the lever. I, I like pure polyamory. That's my I, that's libertarian, a, right? Yeah. I just like saying Pierre. Pull the lever. <laughs> but I, I think she's going to shoot and shoot up to second place. And she, it's going to be all the people who don't want Polly ever are just going to be like, well, Lewis seems nice. Skippy. Yeah. He's but, a, He's such a fucking oh oh I know anyway. he has big uh, Andre Gouet from the Harbinger Network yep. um, described him as having like big like debate me energy <laughs> totally I honestly like am super against bullying and all and and whatnot I mean I it evolved as a human as I grew up but it kind of makes me long for the days where you could just stick a kid in the locker and leave him there till the end of the semester because he kind of feels like that kid that that guy that you'd is beaten yeah. to not fucking trying well, to be he's one of those people um where it's like i can't figure out if he was bullied too much as a kid or not, or not this is what i'm saying i'm saying i'm not sure he was bullied enough because yeah. there's no way that guy was like uh rocking the high school hallways with 20 friends on each arm like i know how high school works i was there yeah. I didn't do very yeah. well in it. <laughs> but anyways, maybe I, mean, I just don't want to live so, in a world where I had very few friends and bet he had tons. The, I mean, the Lewis event was well intent, well attended. Um, she has some really batshit insane views that she sort of. But anyways, after after um, there's a Q and A. Like basically, her speech was like 15 minutes, and then it was all Q and A for the next like 45 minutes, and. Um, you know, obviously a lot of batshit people um, ask a lot of batshit questions, but and then afterwards, people like lined up to get photos with her. There, there, no one was lining up to get photos, including you. Yeah, including me, of course. 
Yeah, of course. But I also use that as an opportunity because I just wanted to ask her. I want because she I could tell she was uh, very big into the dog whistling at this event. I suspect the, the, the event the previous evening at the charismatic church was a lot more open about like how we need to bring God back into our lives. So I just asked, I, I wanted to ask her and, you know, obviously um, people were lining up, so there, it wasn't a lot of time, but I was just like, what do you see the role of faith being in, in like the public square? And she was just like, I, I, I think that religious people shouldn't be persecuted. And it's like, okay, well, that's not why. Good one. I was like, yeah, me neither. But, yeah, great. Uh, that's Congratulations. That's everyone. Next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't I was think also, she thinks that. I think she thinks Christians shouldn't be persecuted. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. I don't think she gives royal fat fuck if you burn down a mosque. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, in 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 again, I was like one of eight to ten people there with a mask on, so I think that may have dictated her answer. Do you remember when uh, uh, the internet tried to make Rachel Notley look like a friend of the rebel because she had a picture taken with fucking Keen? on the street well that was just him trolling right no i know but do you remember that i do yeah okay so now this is what you got to do you start sending out that picture of you and leslin and uh the rumor that she's uh, a member of the communist party she's obviously a socialist apologist why is she hanging out with socialists? Why is she hanging out with this fucking guy? Howling Rand, the socialist. He's wearing but, a mask. Look at him. Yeah, I also got her autograph. I got one of her, <laughs> like, uh, like I don't know, her campaign literature, and I got her to sign it. Um, you imagine if you just caught COVID from every fucking yeah. CPC leadership candidate yeah, yeah. that comes in Calgary? Like, it's just the 2020, just for the next six months, you just go in and out of having COVID because they you can't. It's they keep bringing it to town. Make a great Jacobin piece. <laughs> it, it would how I got COVID from how I got COVID four times. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, so um basically those are the two I've been to so far. Charade, total astroturf, low energy. Yeah, he's no, irrelevant in this, even though it's yeah, yesterday. He's yesterday's man. That's right. Um, again, he is like, it was almost like he was bred in a lab by like the Globe and Mail opinion page. Yeah. Um, to, but he's uh, not even like, he's not even doing the one thing he could do as the yesterday's man. Like the yesterday's man could come in and do the thing conservatives love and say, I'm going to, we're going to bring you back to the good old days. Yeah. He's, he's not, not even doing that. He's not even doing that. So it's like his yeah. one thing that he could like latch onto and be the guy and be like, look, you want the 90s? I'll bring you the 90s. Yeah. Well, and he was also uh, at the event was saying how, oh, like, Polly ever spends so much time attacking me because I'm strong. And it's like, no, he spends time attacking you because you're running against him. You were like the first candidate <laughs> to announce he was running against him. And he's an asshole. Right? Well, yeah, like, like this. I, I wrote about it last week. Uh, interim leader Candace Bergen. She was like, you guys, stop. Not so, but, not but, so, not so mean. Let's not, let's not try to see who's the most conservative here. And it's like, well, but that's what this is all about. And I mean, Roberto would be the first to say, to tell us that that's, you know, probably how it works in every 
um, party, you have to run against the people you want to be a leader against. And so in order to prop yourself up, you kind of have to let them other people know why the other person shouldn't do it. But I don't yeah. think even the Liberal Party or any of the other, like, I've never seen a party that's is into eviscerating each other as the CPC is, right? Like, you do love to see it. Um, but I wanted to maybe for the last bit of this episode talk about Kier Polly Ever because he's like, like Lewis. I was really up. hoping we could get to the end of time, uh, end of the episode, and oh, we had no time for him. But that's okay. You're right. We should. Because Lewis was, you know, is drumming up some popular support, like, um, you know, among the social conservatives, because she's one of them. And I think that's a, that is a major contrast with Polly Ever, who um, doesn't really give a shit about that stuff, right? Like, I, I mean, like, like, like the abortion stuff, right? Like, I, you know, I'm sure he's transphobic, like, I mean, but... Um, or at least willing to, like, that's the stance he'd take. I doubt he gives a fuck. Yeah, but he's attracting massive crowds. He's got a huge social media following that he's clearly been, right? I mean, he's clearly, this, he's been building up to this since the, you know, leadership race that Maxime Bernier lost to, to yeah. here, right? He's yeah. been, he's, he's been. He's not a fucking, like, he's not, like, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm just not that's the reason why we're on these opposite sides of things or whatever. But like, that is not the kind of personality that I find charming or in like intriguing or whatever. Like he's a fucking tool. Yeah. Like no, every time he talks, I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know how he's so fucking popular other than the fact that like the people that hate Trudeau got to latch onto somebody like who else are they, what are they also they going to do? Like every every six months, it's a new guy. They have to be like, "This is our guy." Yeah. Anyway, tell me about this guy because, like, is he just Kenny with less of the evangelical side to it? Like, is he like? Because to me, I feel like Pierre is going to be the one that will come in with the most unabashed, Friedman-like, Reform Party-like economic reform and and he'd be the most likely to help provinces like alberta who want to privatize healthcare make that happen and these kinds of things he's the he, that's how i read him yeah he i mean he's a he's uh exactly i mean he's big into hayek and friedman like he's just like a libertarian ideologue he's been in politics his entire life uh, i mean lewis attacked him for being a career politician and that is hundred percent true. I mean, he was first elected when he was in like his early twenties. Um, he's from Calgary, actually, um, and his brother um, works for uh, Dan McLean, who is like the big like dumb guy on council. You know what I mean? Like he had like like I not do, just yep. being stupid, but he has that dumb guy energy. And anyways, so his brother works for him. And actually, when I was doing a story for the sprawl on me and Clausus collaborated on this piece about um, this advertising campaign against the guidebook for uh, great communities, which was this totally innocuous, uh, like, uh, advisory, say, right, like the hysteria about it. Dan McLean's campaign bought an ad against it. And if you go to the Facebook like ad tracker, the ad was in the name of Pierre Polyever. And I was like, what the fuck? 
and so I call up his campaign and um, Paul, I believe is his name, Pierre's brother, was like, no, it doesn't say Pierre. What do you mean? It says Paul Poliev. That's my name. Uh, and I didn't have it open right in front of me. I was like, oh, really? I'm pretty sure it said Pierre. He's like, well, no, it's Paul. That's my name. I was like, oh, are you related to Pierre? And he's like, well, I failed to see how that's relevant. And I'm like, so well, yes, kinda... you are. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's my brother. Um, so that was really interesting. Did um, you look back and see if it was Pierre? Or Paul? Yeah, yeah, it was Pierre. It was. It, it's it for sure he, was Pierre. He was gaslighting me. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, he's got a huge social media following. Um, which obviously doesn't necessarily translate into votes, but it seems he is drumming up a lot of enthusiasm. He, I mean, uh, he. I mean, we have whole, to be like, careful with the CPC. You have to be careful, no matter. And this is what gets. This is what this is opening up another ball of worms conversation. But the CPC only needs thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine percent, and and mm-hmm. they're going to win. Yeah, I, not, I am... not majority maybe, but they should like if you, especially if you have a popular NDP party at the time. Yeah, I you know. so, uh, but I, I mean, because of this confidence and supply agreement, I think the NDP are going to get fucked in the next election because Trudeau's just going to be like, vote for me and we'll get pharmacare. I deliver dental care for people I, under. Here's 90, the thing, 000. though. Like, here's the thing. Like, what do we want out of the NDP, the federal NDP? Because, and like, we need Roberta here for this very badly because she's li- literally written uh, the book on the history of the goddamn uh, federal NDP. Um, but they have, when they, they're, they're an effective party for decades at getting progressive policies put through there was a period there um after Layton died or maybe actually Jack Layton um, yeah I would uh, well sorry I go ahead would you agree that so it started with Jack Layton going centralized or trying to go yeah I, well I would say I, I mean, some would say even Mulcair was back. way more unabashed about it than late. Well, yeah, I mean, Mulcair served under Jean Charest as a Quebec right. liberal, right? Right. I mean, he he left, he quit government because he had disagreements with Charest about like climate policy and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, like Pierre Polyever, he was a huge admirer of Margaret Thatcher. Right. Um, so, so he, the, sorry, just I mean, the, yeah, go ahead. I mean, when it came to like uh, uh, balanced budgets, I mean, he ran to, right. to the right of Trudeau, right? And so, part, you know, that was part of the reason Trudeau was able to I drum up these party enthusiasm. names don't mean shit, right? Like the goddamn UCP hired a former NDP finance minister to help them put through all their super far right policies, yes, right? Janice, so, McKinnon. Janice McKinnon, right? So, but anyways, point I'm making here is the the NDP got away from that aspect of they weren't trying to win, be the fucking government. Right. They just necessarily, right? They, they, they were, were the uh, party of conscience. Correct. Correct. Thank you. 
this is why I need to refer it around, but thank that, you. That's the name of Roberta's book, by the way. Yes. They, that's what they were, right? And they they kept like all the, and, and, and if people really looked at the history, so many of the things that they hold dear as being Canadian, part of their freedom, right? Are thanks to the NDP's existence and uh, um, fuck. She's going to beat the shit out of me. What were they called before the NDP? The CCF. CCF. Right. Okay. Cooperative Commonwealth Federation. Thank which God actually, I at least knew the acronym. So, um, anyway. well, but, but yeah, Roberta would be a great person because um, on the other podcast, we were talking to David Moscrop. Um, I saw that. This week. Yeah, it was great. But he, he was saying, because we were in Conrad Black, who was saying that this is like a socialist plot. And he's like, there's no socialist party in Canada's parliament. Right, not right? even Like close. the NDP and had abandoned their goal of like uh, ab- eventually abolishing private property a very long time ago. Right. Um, right, I mean, uh, but do you, do you under Malcare, of- they removed uh, socialism from their constitution, right? I mean, they're a liberal, like a small L liberal party that in, in, in their in, uh, entire strategy um, in my lifetime um, has been just to eke out uh, territory slightly to the left of the liberals. Right. And that promising a lot of the same things the liberals promised, but saying we'll actually do it. And that's very you know, I feel like it's this is the problem with our politics, right? This is very much what the uh, Alberta NDP did in a way. It's like, you don't like where are the where are the left left going to go? So they kind of get ignored in order to, you know what I mean? Like when the right when the right right gets pissed off, they form parties, right? When the left left gets pissed off, they don't do that. Not anything of the consequence of like. That, that gets any goddamn traction certainly not from our quote-unquote liberal media right um they don't get well, any I, traction because i sorry go ahead no i just so the the left is by the time elections come around the left left are aren't really you don't really need to cater to them very much to still kind of get their vote and I, this is how I, how I think the ndp parties start to think at the federal level they start to think like we need to maybe be the government and it's like yeah I, I guess my original point in all of this was you were saying how um you know they might get fucked in the next election or or what have you like i don't really care how they went about pushing getting us to a place where we're just going to get dental care and pharmacare now and all of these things that we've like i don't care as long we're as they do it and if this is the tactic through. if this is the ploy that they had to do in order to get these things pushed through because we were already at a place where like even the canadian public is like so used to the ndp now trying to be like just another political party like in the middle that they get trashed upon anytime they criticize the liberals or try to push for anything or like the ND, like the fucking pharmacare thing made me just insane man insane we're fucking talking about something that every single progressive should immediately know is like an automat we should have that yesterday 
and any fucking stupidity that you can find in the rule book that says that that's makes oh it's, it's a process and it takes fuck off man fuck off like this yeah, is how no, people I mean, this is how people react reacted to the NDP pushing for pharmacare. Oh, this useless bill that doesn't even mean anything and and jurisdiction and all these things. Why are you twisting yourself up to just get around the fact that pharmacare is a great idea and we need it now? Now. Yeah. Like fucking now. And it's not like like I think there's an important for these jurisdiction arguments. When municipality says something isn't in their jurisdiction, it's like they can't do it because the province is in charge of them, right? When right. the province says they can't do something because it's not in their jurisdiction, even Correct. though everything is provincial jurisdiction now because all the responsibilities right. have been downloaded onto them. But they can't tell um, the federal government what to do. Right. But when the feds do it, it's just an excuse. Right. Of course. Of course it is. Because they can make anything their jurisdiction. Jesus Christ, every single, like, it's no different than Kenny can write laws to make fucking anything he wants to happen, happen. They're just fucking standing orders and all of these things. They just make whatever happen. I mean, good grief. Don't give like, oh, well, no, we're just, we're just really like, uh, we're, we're ethical. This is the ethical way to go about it. No, it's not. It's the, it's the, it's the fucking pussyfoot way of, ignoring it sidestepping it the same way you did with electoral reform and shit like this ah well maybe uh so not everybody wants it fuck off they do too they do too yeah and everybody wants pharmacare and anyone that doesn't is a fucking idiot and congratulations on all your money like this is not this is so anyways this is what i want out of the ndp anyway if they fucking make themselves like a party that can't win the election by joining up with the liberals to make the liberals do what they want to do, I, like I'm fucking down on that. Now, if Roberta it was here, she would tell me why this is bad or why this is great or whatever. She would know the nuances of like my, but my initial thoughts are, I don't like, I want the NDP to make sure that progressive, continuously progressive policies are put in place by the two douchebags who win these elections i want them to hold them to, i want them holding those two parties to account so they they are forced to be more progressive than they want to be and you can't do that on the inside though i i'm interested in again roberta please come on the podcast again she's she said next week she should be good to go she's she's had shoulder shoulder surgery yeah, everybody yeah. So she's been um, dealing with a recovery and things like that for the past. Because I, I don't know. <laughs> she's not did, quitting the did, show. Like, did, did Douglas and Lewis, did they have formal agreements with the liberals or did they just pressure them in a minority government situation? I, um, I, I believe that it's probably the latter somehow. I think because people were, I think a lot of the Canadian public was more willing to also stand up and be like, yeah, we want that. Then maybe they are now, because like I said, we're we we don't really have even a unified sense of we want pharmacare, which boggles my fucking brain to no end. So we'll have to ask Roberta the next time we talk to her. We're like we're totally not the experts to talk uh, figuring this out. But. To, to maybe bring this full circle, I, I I think that if the NDP and like this is if the NDP and Liberals fuck this up. Um, if yeah. the liberals fuck this up because they're the ones with all the power, right? Um, I mean, 
they're paving the way for Prime Minister Pierre Pauli Ever in like the official currency of Canada. It's going to become like Dogecoin. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so if you do, yeah. And like this is, but this is where they're going to get into. This is where when election time comes around, all like I hate to, I'm not lumping everyone in, you know, individually, I think everyone's awesome, right? But there is a lump sum of people that are going to head to Twitter and start telling everyone that's uh, left of liberals to fucking strategically vote. If you don't vote for your fucking put and put Pierre in, like we got to find a different way to, uh, to go about things. Cause like, if you are like, Anyway, I don't want to get into Trudeau bad or anything like that, but fucking, I hate strategic voting. Anyway, mm-hmm. well, in my riding in Calgary, <laughs> I, I Center, so many things to say there. I'm like, that was the, that was the line. That was the line in Calgary Center. It's like, if you're a progressive, you got to vote for Sabrina Grover. The NDP doesn't stand a chance. The conservatives could win. And then Greg McLean got 52% of the vote. And uh, the New Democrat did get 20%. He did quite well. And he was, an actual socialist he's not a albert ndp liberal and uh he got one out of every five votes and the conservative got more than half so honestly just vote vote as if no one else is voting is my i mean i i used to fuck with strategic voting i vote i vote liberal in 2011 um 20 on i vote liberal in every ontario election i voted for voted in uh look i get it but at the end of the day you're not gonna get like by strategically voting you're just perpetuating the constant move to the right of the political spectrum because the conservatives are just moving rightwards and rightwards the liberals in trying to pick up all these old uh pc voters are moving rightwards to occupy that center space and um do you think it's fair to say you're just maybe- you're just enabling that by by voting for them because they're not conservative because you think that's the only progressive exactly option. and yeah be- sorry but if it if it takes a prime minister pierre Pauli ever to wake people up to right. that then so be it it's right. not your fault right it's not your fault and this is what i was gonna say do you think it's fair to say that maybe uh sometimes the best way to come back left of the progress progression to the right is by letting those fucks have the reins for a bit to see show you can show because honestly like just as an example like everybody was like oh you know kenny's gonna save everything like four years of kenny has shown a lot of albertans not maybe as many as you would like but a number of albertans that are like well wait a minute right like this isn't fucking good so like sometimes you kind of have to see them in their element see so you can say see this is the example of why this is a terrible thing like look at like obama or whatever was the was the season of change right yes we can and what came out of that right like well we closed guantanamo bay right right like this right so maybe it works the other way right if you have a if you have a so-called progressive government and it creates humongous oh, like uh, uh, organization on the far right and, and moves to the far right. Can't it work? Shouldn't it work the same the other way or can't it? Like, couldn't a Pierre polyamory 
fucking led Canada create a more organized left and a more organized stance in that sense of like, but look, there's also see I what mean, I'm saying. This is bad. Like if you look at in the states, like Trump didn't lead to like a rejuvenated democratic party right yeah that's fucking stupid isn't it it led to a democratic party that was just like oh you better support joe biden because that's true you want to get rid of trump right and so like like we we should make it explicit we don't want pure Pauli ever to be prime minister we don't want Leslie lewis or uh low energy jean charay to be prime minister (laughs) but at the end of the day it's not your individual responsibility no. to ensure that doesn't happen, right? I think that is a reflection of the neoliberal age, that everything is just an individual responsibility. So you go and vote, and um, that's that's your your civic duty, right? That's your individual role in like defeating the 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 the, the far right conservatives, but. Um, these are collective problems and they require collective solutions. And, um, you know, a famous, I think it was Abby Hoffman who said if voting changed anything, they'd make it illegal. Of course. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again, I think people should vote. I always vote, but, um, you, you know, you've got to make it your own, which is, you know, playing into this neoliberal framework but just um uh vote for um who you think will do the best job if everybody actually if every single person actually voted in their interests then it would create change and it would be made illegal eventually right like it's like people are so like look at how many people that would like you know, like you said, like the Democrats or like the liberals here or whatever, all these, all the supporters of these make up a pretty large portion of both countries, right? And like, do you think like some of those people are like as progressive as you really want them to be or really think we they should be? Like how many of those people are ready to walk away from capitalism because of its atrocities? Right. How many of those people are like, yeah, we totally need to have public health care and we totally need to have uh, social programs. And no, we're absolutely not going to stop fucking doing everything exactly the same way because that works for me. Well, it's just we've been beaten over the head so long with this notion that there is no there's no alternative. Right. As Margaret Thatcher said and Tony Blair affirmed. And uh, so it gets hard to conceive of how things could be different but um i i mean we have a local columnist who's kind of a conservative we've talked before he's a nice guy but he he writes about things that eh, i wouldn't necessarily agree with very often but this most recent time he wrote or not too long ago he wrote about how like you know he's into he's totally about equality he's just not about equity right and so right trying to explain how those two things are different somehow because like you know you should have equal opportunity of everything and then may the best man win kind of thing right and it's like well do you not understand that like a lack of equity leads to any lack of unequal opportunity and unequal opportunity leads to a lack of equity and you have these things that 
create a like perpetual machine of inequality uh, across the board that you can't tell the difference anymore between a lack of equal equal opportunity and a lack of equal equity right like these are the disconnects to me that like conservatives tell themselves in order to convince themselves that it's okay that they have a uh, are do better than the poor people or the guy that like does the meth in the alley or the whatever like however they got there that was on them right or yeah no totally black uh like people of color are uh have it have it rough so if we just make a equal playing field which we're doing a pretty good job of we're trying right or we're better than we were blah 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 if we just make an equal playing field then you know well if the, if we if we have a lack of equity at that point well that's just human nature kind of thing and it's like oh <sighs> that's not how i feel <laughs> obviously i think yeah human nature isn't fixed we fucking created totally totally anyways let's wrap up the show you got things to do like go back to sleep uh your <laughs> uh your beautiful girlfriend's bringing you food and drink i can hear my beautiful wife steering stirring upstairs um so i guess our day is going to begin but uh yeah this was a i like just sitting around chatting with you <laughs> i don't know if the listeners will feel the same way but um we should probably bring a guest on next week. Yeah. Well, it's always good to uh, get things off our chest. Well, I wanted to and, talk to you uh, about your, I guess maybe we can talk about Pierre next week too, because you're going to see, yeah. are, are you going to meet him? Are you going to take your picture with him? Oh, hell yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to put my armor around him. One way or another, no matter who's on the show, we're going to do that. And then we're going to start our book club again soon. Um, yes. The Inconvenient Indian. Even though, yeah. Yeah, thanks for voting for Mo's book, everyone. Did I hey, say that? That sound bitter? I nobody. No, no. He, I think he I finished second. The w. <laughs> yeah, it's a good book. It's going to be a great book. So anyway, it's that time in the show where we thank those of our patrons who go way above and beyond anything we could ever hope for. To Nicola De Nicola, to Chris Sturwald, to Farah Shadri, to Dave Bonmiller, to Darius Bergard, and to the Big Red Machine. Thank you guys so very much for everything you do to our other patrons and listeners. Thank you guys for being here once again, especially sitting through to the end of Jeremy and I having a Saturday morning coffee together. Um, we are the Forgotten Corner and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.